A tale of two halves in some way in Indiana tonight. The Bucks absolutely sizzling in the first half and then perhaps a few nervous moments and some Hakayanis. We haven't seen that a lot over the years, but it certainly was a tactic tonight from the Pacers. We're going to break down this game. Giannis had 41. Chris Middleton looked very good in his only 15 minutes that he's allowed on the court, but there is plenty to discuss, so let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Sometimes on the weekend like today and alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden for today's episode that's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And this is just a perfect example of why you should be subscribed for the podcast, which is free to do, by the way, because when we decide the podcast on the weekend, when Giannis drops 41 and we know we're going to do a post-game show, if you're subscribed and have the notifications on, then you'll know uh, as soon as the pod drops. The Bucks beat the Pacers, another game where they score a whole heap of points and uh, also give up a whole lot. 141 to 131, the Bucks were sizzling in the first half. 85 points, which I believe I saw... On Twitter, Frank was their highest ever half total on the road. It looked like it was going to be an easy night at the office. They're up by 31 points at one point. And then all of a sudden, we're doing Hackershack, Hackayanis with three minutes to play. I wasn't overly anxious about this one, Frank. I thought that they were going to pull it out. Uh, but Giannis, I think at the time, was one for eight at the line. He was dominant everywhere else. But the Bucks needed him to step up at the free throw line, and he did that. And he finishes the night with 41 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, which feels low. I felt like he was dishing the ball everywhere in the first half. But uh, that's some good clutch stuff at the free throw line because they needed it. Yeah, and uh, what was it, 150 to 130 uh, earlier in yeah. the week uh, against the Pistons? Another just sort of like, hey, we're going to blow the doors off. Uh, uh, I don't want to say the Pacers aren't a bad team. I mean, they're missing, obviously, Halliburton, so this is not – the full version of, of their squad, but um, you know, a team that you, you obviously expect to beat given the circumstances and bucks, just kind of same formula, right. Boat race them in the first half. And then, um, uh, you know, ultimately the you know, Pistons never got as close as, as, uh, as the Pacers did tonight, but you know, Lisa kept m- mentioning on the broadcast, how many comeback wins they've had. And um, you know, unfortunately this is the NBA, right. So like teams get hot. And I think the other piece too, obviously is the bucks, um, you know, first half was just a work of art ball movement the shooting you know everything was just the energy was just awesome and the balance scoring was great um you know i think let's talk about chris middleton right he can't be blamed for any of the second half issues because he was barely played in the second half um you know i thought the the thing that was most encouraging with the first half was just the, the kind of diversity of ways that he was scoring it wasn't just like oh he knocked down some open threes you know he was getting to kind of his spots he had a couple of turnaround jump shots you know a couple of hashtag too small gif type shots, which, 
you know, he did not have uh, in the, I don't think he had one in the first couple of games here, got getting to like the little turnarounds in the post. And he had a few of those and also just got to the paint um, a number of times. And, you know, I think to me, that's the big question with Chris is, I mean, not that he's ever been a prolific paint scorer, but when he's using the threat of his jump shot, when he's using the threat of the pass, you know, working in pick and rolls and he's able to get close to the basket. And, you know, we saw him get like close for a short little leaner. We saw him get to the paint, throw a little pump fake, draw contact for an and one. Um, I think he might've had another play where he got to the basket for a layup in transition as well. Um, so I, you know, that's what I like to see. Cause again, I, that makes me feel a little bit more like, okay, he's physically feeling fit. Um, you talked about, you know, looked a little bit svelter maybe than he was, um, at, when he, at the time of his first comeback. So, uh, so that's obviously, you know, as much as Giannis having a monster night, you know, we, we just sort of become numb to that. But Chris, uh, looking more like Chris Middleton here, we've seen kind of these little bits and pieces of it, but, um, the, the sooner we can see this version of Chris kind of, you know, again, every night, uh, that's obviously going to be a huge thing because that's this, that's the whole thesis of the bucks. And I think that first half, obviously, you know, <laughs> you could think the Twitter reaction, everybody was saying like, ah, this is the fully operational death star, you know, the, of the bucks that we, we came into this season hoping for with the ball movement, Pat Connaughton was, shooting the lights out again. Uh-huh. Got to get an early Pat Connaughton mention in tonight, Kane, because I forgot to do it the other night, and I'm a huge Pat Connaughton fan. I've been saying he should keep starting, even when Chris comes back as the fifth starter. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, again, just, uh, you know, especially for this team, given the way the offensive struggles have been such a theme for the first half of the season, and, you know, we talked about it. Justin had that stat, you know, 19 threes per game for 10 games, and tonight, especially in the first quarter, nine, nine, nine for 15 in the first quarter. I think they had, did they have, I don't know if they had 13 or 16 in the first half. Um, you'd have to look, t- tell me what, what, what did they finish from three tonight? Again, like maybe not. Uh, 41.9%, 18 for 43. So another volume shooting yeah. night, as you pointed to a lot of them in the first half. Yeah. And 18 of 43. I mean, that's average. That's, that's actually slightly below average in terms of total <laughs> makes over the last 10 games. Um, but the percentage obviously slightly above where they've been, they've been over 40%. So, um, you know, this stuff is streaky. Remember early in the season when the, when the Celtics were shooting like, you know, 43% from three as a team for the first 20 games. And, you know, it was like, Oh, the Boston Celtics have the greatest offense in the history of the NBA. And like, I remember listening to Brian Scalabrini on the low post. He was like, Oh, well, Rob Williams is going to come back. And, you know, these guys are, I don't know, maybe they can keep doing this. You know, and Zach was kind of like, yeah, they're not going to shoot this well forever. And like, they're going to come back down to earth and, you know, they were trying to act like they're just going to be a 120 offensive rating team all year. And sure enough, they're like third or fourth now in the league. They're not even the first in the league. So stuff is, you know, offense, defense, like stuff ebbs and flows. Um, you're going to have, you know, stretches where you're unlucky um, in terms of de- defense, right? Three-point shooting variance. And then you're going to have stretches where maybe you don't shoot the ball as well from three, which the Bucks were that team for quite a while. And now we're seeing the mean reversion kick in. And certainly with a guy like Pat Connaughton, you know, Pat, struggled really for the first whatever it was like six weeks or so um maybe, maybe longer uh after he came back but he's obviously looked great the past couple games and in general has been much better of late um so yeah i mean just really nice to see and you know joe ingles again you look at his numbers they've kind of backed up i think he came into this game shooting 36 percent from three on the year and like 56 percent true shooting and i don't know what he did tonight i think he hit another one or two threes tonight as well so 
Um, so just in general, good to see the offense like perking up and, you know, with Chris in particular, just having that guy who's, you know, not the point guard, but able to make good decisions and, you know, again, be a threat to score, be a threat to pass, make the right read. It'll take a little bit, right, for him to get kind of fully up to his rhythm, but, um, but just very nice to see that. And again, second half, um, okay, second half was not what we wanted uh, in terms of kind of the overall kind of completeness of this game, right? I think if they win by 25, 30, you look at this and say, hey, really nice job. Four quarters, you know, great. But, you know, again, Indiana can, can get hot from three. Guys like healed at, at all. Um, you know, Turner had a bad boy. My dog is is here. This is my dog here. He's he's uh, agitating. He's <laughs> agitating Dudley. Big, big small. Big small. Though. Yeah. Well, he's a Bucks win. Bucks win, right, right, Dudley? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's just nudging my, my, uh, my setup here. Um, but by the way, my daughter turned five yesterday and uh, <laughs> she... Dudley, no, Dudley, down. She's uh, she's working on a Lego uh, roller coaster downstairs, and I was I spent like much of the last twenty four hours working on that. My wife is now taking a shift while I do this podcast, so that's why I'm podcasting not downstairs, which is where I usually do it. Instead, I'm podcasting with this this big galoot here, um, who's just also can't can't get can't get over the fact that the Bucks won a basketball game. Um, but uh, but yeah, so just fun to watch the offense start to perk up, and again, I mean. Obviously, defensively, not altogether impressive. First half, much better than the second half. But, you know, this kind of happens psychologically. Like, when you start scoring so easily, I think you kind of feel like, yeah, we're just going to be able to score all game. And, you know, you take your foot off the gas. You don't lock down the way you necessarily need to. And, uh, you know, ultimately, though, it didn't feel as frustrating because, like, you know, like it's not like they just blew it all in, like, a four- or five-minute span. Like, kind of Indiana chipped away, chipped away, chipped away got it to seven or eight points a number of times in the fourth quarter, but like the bucks were always able to answer. And as you said, I mean, Giannis disaster from the foul line through three quarters, even gets a 10 second violation to put him at one for nine, but then, you know, does kind of buckle down a fair bit over his last nine. He makes six. So, okay, good enough. And as you said, I think when they were going to the hacka, um, he made enough to, uh, you know, to, to make them stop doing that. And then, uh, you know, he also had that really nice, knifing finish past Turner uh, in the last couple of minutes for his, his 41st, 40th and 41st points that kind of, kind of put it away. So not a work of art, but again, I think uh, offense has been the problem this year. And I think certainly over the past, you know, couple of weeks, we're seeing a lot of examples of the Bucks offense looking more like we expected it to. Yeah. 150 points and 141 points in the same week is uh, pretty nice. I'll tell you what else is pretty nice. That's FanDuel. Uh, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with a 150 buck free bet guaranteed. Well, it's 150 buck in free, uh, $150 in free bets, actually. But that's uh, when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Uh, plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. And as I mentioned yesterday, you can bet on all kinds of different things at the NBA championship, individual awards, when LeBron is going to pass Kareem. And as I said yesterday, the game against the Bucks plus 230, the second uh, in the line of betting there for when LeBron's going to pass Kareem. So if you're interested in that, you can do that. It seems to be 
popular thinking that LeBron is going to do it against the Bucks. So this is all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Uh, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner uh, of Locked On. So when I was looking at, as you were talking about the three-point stuff, and it's hilarious because, I mean, we've obviously discussed this all season long where the Bucks have been. And you know, across December, they were 33% from three. In January, they're up at 39% from three. That's going to change things. But even if you just look at the guys on the season, and I don't think this is including tonight, You've got Grayson Allen shooting 39.7% on the season. Javon Carter's up to 393 Brooke Lopez is still above 38%. Drew Holiday's above 38% on the season. Joe Ingles is above 36 as you mentioned. So all of a sudden, they've got like six key rotation guys that are shooting over 36%. It's crazy how quickly it's changed. I'm not looking forward to when they inevitably go through their uh, multiple-week rough stretch here. But yeah, we discussed the playoffs. Giannis- yeah, well, I mean, Jesus. Uh, we, were, we were discussing this the other day about Giannis and the turnovers in general. And I, I agree. As I was scrolling through Twitter, everyone's like, what offense? This is beautiful. And part of that is shooting the threes. But there was a lot of ball movement. There was guys flying around all over the place. And Giannis, looked, he looked composed. He looked relaxed. And he looked happy to facilitate. And when we have spoke about those turnovers, particularly a lot of the offensive foul stuff, uh, we think it's because he's pressing. And my theory has always been that he's just thought this season that he's had to do too much uh, with the lineups that they've had out on the floor. But he just looked completely in control tonight. And it even makes guys like J- Javon Carter, who I don't necessarily want Javon Carter at the top of the key with four guys spaced out and him trying to create offense. Like, I don't like the look at that. But if he's getting the ball and he's putting the ball on the floor, zipping it to the guy in the corner, they're making the extra pass. You can see that you can get away and, and run pretty good offense without having necessarily a, a true point guard at the top. So, I, I mean, Carter obviously got hot there as well. But I, I just thought it was a really patient game from Giannis. And by the way, we should mention that dunk. That was an absolute poster. And shout out to Grayson Allen for making it happen by recognizing, eh, I don't need to force something at the rim here. Let's get it to the freight train that's steaming behind me. And he launched from a long way away. And uh, that was... One of his better dunks for the season. Yeah, kind of scary too. I I, I felt like from Before, his reaction, yeah. kind of felt like from his reaction that he might have had like you know his health flash in front of his eyes as <laughs> as he was going up and then you know kind of getting getting sideswiped sort of by the attempted charge taking. Um, so yeah, I mean, just uh, that was one of those extension dunks from Giannis where it was you know more about how long his reach was than about how high he jumped off the ground. Uh, but again, just the kind of play you watch it and you're like, yeah, there's only one guy in the league that makes that, <laughs> that play. Uh, and, you know, it was scary. It was dangerous. Um, but uh, certainly it sounded like there were a lot of Bucks fans in the building tonight. Uh, I know Dave Kane tweeted uh, that he felt like he was a Pfizer walking around the building um, before the game. So um pretty cool that the Bucks, uh, you know, can travel that way to Indy on a Friday night. I think, I, I don't think that's the first time that that's happened by the way, but, um, and you, you, Kane, you've had, you had some fond stories. I mean, you, you and Eric have told some stories about your, your sometimes harrowing drives in the winter to, uh, to Indiana for, for Bucks Pacers games. So, um, so at least, at least the folks that made the trip, I think, I think it was less perilous than the, the night you guys drove in the fog and ice or whatever that 
that was. But uh, but yeah, it was a good show for Bucks fans. Maybe a little hairier than uh, than they would have wanted uh, at the end. But certainly they got some some highlights and and certainly that Giannis play was uh, you know as as uh, as as you know as impressive as as any we've, we've seen in a little while. Yeah, Matty Velasquez uh, in the building. He always goes there and. I think he yeah, gets a, a shout out from Giannis or something when he's in the building. So, you know, Matt, obviously former beat writer with the Journal Sentinel. He lives out that way now. So I'm pretty sure he was there uh, again tonight as well. What did you... So, because uh, you spoke about the offense. So it's interesting to me. What would you want the Bucks to do? So the Pacers play at an extremely high pace. And I, I remember even going back a few seasons ago asking... You know, but the idea about the Bucks play the way they want to play. They want to shoot those threes. Bud is pretty happy for them to shoot those transition threes, those quick early shot clock threes. But it did seem to feed into what the Pacers wanted to do and how they were able to get back in the game. I think part of it is, and we've discussed this, the Bucks haven't had a great half court offense, you know, a lot for the long stretches of the season. But I think they do have to be a little bit careful. And we're seeing scores like this right across the league, but. They did give up 130 points to the Pistons a couple of nights ago, and they still give up 131 tonight. It, it does did feel that the out-of-control nature of this game allowed Indiana to at least make it interesting down the stretch, and it just felt like they should have composed themselves, slowed down a little bit, because, again, we started to see some of those silly turnovers, two turnovers from inbound passes, Frank, 16 altogether for the night. It just it got a little bit messy. And I understand the complacency factor when you're up by so much and they probably never felt like they're in huge danger. But maybe that's a situation where you can practice a little bit of control and slow it down and, and ensure it doesn't get that close. Yeah, and that's where not having Middleton, I think, in this for, you know, the, mm. the vast majority of the second half, I think, hurt too because... Um, you know, we've seen it like Drew when he gets sped up or when there's like multi, there's when he's in traffic, like I mean, Drew, as good as he is, like he will cough it up. He will turn it over. And we saw that again tonight. Um, and I think that I mean, that's the problem with a three point shot, right? Like, as you said, the way that the Bucks got this big lead is, you know, in no small part to being able to play fast, move the ball, um, take rhythm threes. Uh, but when you're trying to kind of, I don't want to say run out the clock because I mean, whatever you're, you're not trying to run out the clock for a whole half. Like right. Bucks know they can, they can just, you know, outplay the, the, the Pacers there. Um, but uh, when a team starts to get a little bit of momentum and they start kind of junking it up a little bit, right. I mean, like Buddy Heald was guarding Giannis at various points. I mean, he was kind of doing the hacking in the fourth quarter, but, yeah. but there were period, there were a few periods where, you know, Heald was the one guarding Giannis and they had gone super small and, um, you know, against the Bucks and and started to make some hay. Uh, yeah, I mean, things just kind of get funky, and and you know, even if you are settled, even if they're like decent shots from three, again, you're you're setting yourself up to you know take early clock threes. You're setting yourself you know the other team up if they're getting rebounds, they're they're running out. Um, I was shocked at cleaning the glass. You know, they have the stat which we've talked about the points added um, in transition. Uh, per 100 possessions. And I, I was, I'm pretty shocked looking at the stats tonight. I think, I know at one point the, the Pacers were roughly doubling the bucks up um, in terms of just the, the raw uh, fast break points. But I was surprised to see that their um, the context stats for transition had the Pacers only plus 0.6 per 100 in terms of like 
value created by um by transition and the bucks as minus two points per 100 huh. from from transition with the less surprising for the bucks is it didn't feel like the bucks were really like scoring so much because they were getting out in transition um but uh, i was a little more surprised about indiana because it did feel like the the pacers were kind of you know using um kind of advancing the ball quickly to to kind of punish the bucks and and kind of that helped that kind of feed their uh their offense and but the the half court offenses were were terrific tonight um you know 112 points for 100 for the bucks and in, in in half court tonight uh indy was 108 those are both above 80th percentile um so you know and, and then again that that's points per play not points per possession points per possession is even higher right because you're getting offensive rebounds and things like that so that was the irony is that you know it really was the half court offense that was um that was you know the the, the big driver tonight and um Overall, Bucks thirty-four percent offensive rebound rate versus eleven percent for Indiana. That's the second percentile. So the Bucks did a great job on the defensive glass and great job on the offensive glass too. So rebounding was definitely um, an area of strength for for the Bucks tonight. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, again, this is one of eighty-two. Um, I'm glad this never got as as kind of hairy as it as it could have been. Um, but I think there was also, I mean, there, I, a little bit of flashbacks of the Raptors game insofar mm. as Indiana, you know, pre- not, not necessarily always like full court, 94 feet pressuring McConnell obviously loves to apply ball pressure. He had at least one steal off an inbound from Brooke. who just kind of threw it away. Um, but, you know, trapping once like Drew was crossing half court, you know, they were, they were trying to junk it up and, Obviously, that was a smart play. It it worked pretty well. It got the Bucks out of their comfort zone, and especially when you're trying to run clock, you know, doing stuff like that puts you in this weird spot because it's like, you know, if you're doing that in the first quarter, it's like, okay, great, like just be aggressive, and you don't really care about attacking early in the clock. Um, but again, teams when they're when they're in that, like, okay, we want to run some clock mindset, and then you're doubling at half court, then I think it it introduces some indecision, and again, ultimately, Bucks kind of figured out how to get through it and, you know, come away with, with another win. Um, and I think most importantly, you know, again, Chris Middleton, when they were, again, not at full strength, no Bobby Portis, but when they were close to that uh, in the first half, when Chris was, was coming off the bench and doing his thing, they obviously looked very good. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, it's three straight games where Chris has been at 15 minutes, like, yeah, he's, he's having some issues. I'm not sure if you're with us, Frank, but the, I would say that the, the... I, I thought with Chris playing those 15 minutes uh, per night, the other night I said, geez, you would love to see him play a bit more. Should he come back into the starting lineup? When is that going to happen? I am curious whether they just ride this out. Maybe he gets up to 20 at some point, but I am curious whether they just ride out this minute stuff until the All-Star break and just manage him through to there. It's probably more challenging when you're playing better teams. I mean, they should have been able to handle it tonight, and I think they did uh, in the end. But uh, I would say... You know, overall, if they want to slow walk Chris Middleton to the All-Star break, I'll probably feel okay about it. I'm just more glad that we haven't seen, even though it's been not back-to-backs, but it's been a day off in between, I'm just more glad that we haven't seen him surface as questionable or I I, I don't want to see him on the injury report. Again, the Bucks have got another night off here uh, before they play the Pelicans. But do you know what the other good thing is? This, this, and it's, it'll change. I'm sure it'll change. But the Bucks have got an interesting schedule here where they can take advantage of some teams as long as they 
handle their business because there is a little bit of separation. If Kevin Durant wants to take another couple of weeks off, I'm sure that's cool because the Nets haven't been winning a lot. And they're actually two and a half games up now on the Nets and the Cavs there. So it's uh, just just split open a little bit there when it looked like for a stretch that the Bucks could find themselves in fifth if they had another slip up. They were, they were really scuffling there for a while, but 32 and 17, 15 games over 500. It's not bad. Uh, the Pelicans game should be fun though. They're, they're one of my... Uh, one of my more enjoyable teams to watch. Sadly, no Dyson Daniels Frank. Uh, that's a that's a blow for the Aussie contingent. We're done. You still can't hear us. <laughs> I can hear you now, but this is the problem of being upstairs away from my router while my daughter uh, built her Lego set. My internet clearly is struggling. So, <laughs> apologies, apologies. My my uh, my internet is is. Not doing well. That's the answer. Your internet is, is not doing well, Frank. Let's wrap this podcast up. It's the weekend. We knocked it out. The Bucks beat the Pacers 141 to 131. And uh, I, I don't want to brag, but I just got uh, given to me this morning dinner, a three-course dinner and tickets to the Australian Open Women's Final. So I, I, I got to get off this podcast, upload this podcast, have a shower, and walk over to the Australian Open. It's stinking hot today, but I would never go to a Grand Slam tennis final in my life because I, I can't afford to do that. But if it's for free, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go watch some tennis tonight. So that's, that's my plans, Frank. I don't think you can even hear me. So let's just wrap up this podcast. <laughs> Are you there, Frank? You're talking about tennis? I, I, caught, I, I caught something about tennis. You're, you're, you're going to, to see tennis for free at the Australian Open. Is that, is that it? That, that's it. Listen to the podcast, Frank, and you'll hear it. It's a great story. Great. Fantastic. Love my love listening to some Kane stories that I couldn't listen to live uh, via pod. So shout out to everybody. <laughs> Happy weekend. We'll get back to you on Sunday. Yeah, we'll be back after Bucks and the Pelicans. Hopefully Milwaukee keep it rolling. Uh, check out the Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. That'll have you going and uh, keep you up to date with everything going on around the NBA. But let's leave it there. Bucks win. We're happy. Catch you on Monday. <laughs>